0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back sorry, this is like my 10th time starting this episode. I I don't normally do that. I feel like since I've been doing this for so long, I can usually just roll right into it. I don't know. My brain is broken today. Another sign that my brain is broken is that I thought that we had never done this topic before. We're doing worst travel stories today. And I, I was certain that I've never done it. That can't be true because a lot of you guys in your submissions were like, oh, I forgot or I didn't submit last time you did this topic. And now I get to submit this. So I thought this was like a sleeper topic I'd been sitting on for a while. It's not. It's a repeat, but you know what? It's a good one. So I don't even care. Uh, I'm trying to think of announcements that I have. Oh, I lied to you guys last week. I did a big fat, fatty lie. I'm so sorry. I told you guys that merch would be out this week. And remember, because I told you that I had, rec- I was really ahead of schedule. I like recorded a few weeks in advance. At that time, it wasn't a lie. But then you know, the schedule changed and we pushed it a little bit and then the date changed and I never updated you guys. I'm so sorry. I thought that it would launch on the 14th. It is now launching on the 24th and it is by far my favorite drop I've ever done, mainly because it was not designed by me. I think except for maybe one merch launch, original, you know, OG listeners remember, sorry about that weird hiccup. uh, Remember my butter merch that I did probably three-ish years ago. That was not designed by me. Shout out to Sierra. But uh, this upcoming launch is another one that I did not design. Other than that, I think I've designed all of my merch. I think. I don't know. I hope I'm not forgetting something. But anyway, it's gorgeous. You guys are going to love it. Keep an eye on my Instagram for that. And now let's talk about our topic today. We're talking about travel. We're talking about the not so luxurious parts of travel and the things that make us all you know, violently angry when we're shoved into a tube in the sky. I love travel. I spent a lot of years of my life where that was like the very most important thing to me from ages. Like, you know, the first time I, so the very first time I left the country, I was 16. I went to Australia with my, let's see, three of my brothers and my parents. And that was amazing. I've said before, I did not appreciate it nearly enough. Like I like traveling with your parents. If you are young enough, That your parents are still paying for you to go on vacation, just soak it up. Be in the best mood you've ever been in because eventually that will stop and you will have to be the one paying for your flights and hotel. And nothing, oh, nothing like makes my gut sink more than when I have to purchase on like a really expensive flight or hotel. Oh, it's such a rough purchase. So if your parents are still paying for you, please just enjoy it for me. Uh, But that was the first time I left the country. And then when I was nine, oh, let's see, was I 19 or 20 uh, was the first time I went to Europe and I went to Europe with my parents. And it like from that moment on, I mean, I'm saying this like it's the most unique thing in the world to like to travel. I don't think it's like liking good food. Remember, I talked about this a few, I think it was a few months ago now, like people who are like, I don't know, I just I, I'm such a foodie. I love like good food. And it's like, well, yeah, so do the majority of people, just like the majority of people like to go on vacation. I mean, really, I've never met anybody who's like, nah, I just would rather stay home and work. I don't want to go somewhere cool. I want to stay home. I know maybe one person like that, and I've just heard about them. I don't even know them personally. Uh, so, yeah, I don't want it to sound like I invented the concept of liking travel. But but I I went to Europe with my parents when I was like 19 or 20. And then from like 20 to 26 or whenever 2020 happened and, you know, nobody could fly anywhere. That was really when I was traveling a lot internationally and it was not super fancy. I did not have a lot of money. I put a lot of it on credit cards and I'm not super proud of it because I'm still paying it off. But yeah, that was a big priority for me was to go as many places as I could. And I was like thinking about this episode on the way over and I didn't want it to sound, I don't know. I was like, oh, I should like list everywhere I've been or I should like rank everywhere I've been. And it just, I don't want it to feel yucky. I don't know. I felt weird about like, it felt, it felt, uh what's the word? I'm Like like ostentatious. Like I was just like, Oh, look at everywhere I've traveled. Look at, so I didn't want it to come across like that. So if it comes across like that, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to be self-aware about it, but I will just, I will say some of my favorite cities that I've been are Paris. I think Paris is my favorite city of all time. I feel like you can hear about it and read about it and see pictures of it. And it looks so amazing. And it looks so magical. And then you get there and it's even better than you think it's going to be. That's how I felt every time I've gone. Like it's just, it's, it's more romantic. It's more beautiful. The food is better like than you think it will be. I just, I have loved every single time. The first time I went was with my mom and it like still like if I, if me and my mom talk about it, we'd like almost start crying. It was the funnest trip of my entire, maybe of my entire life, maybe because it was my very first time experiencing really anything new and, or like a new, like country, a new culture. And it was just, it was really amazing. So yeah, that's, that's a favorite city. I love London, of course, really hard to beat, hard to beat London. Paris might just, you know, eke out right in front of it, but London is amazing. And I think probably the third in my top three would be, trying to think, it would probably be Dublin. I had so much fun in Dublin. The food, a lot of people like shit talk England and Ireland and they say that the food isn't good. I I don't know. I just think you're bad at finding food. Like if you go, if you go to an entire country and you say you can't find any good food, like some of the best food I've had while traveling was in Dublin. And I mean, I don't know. I just think you got to look a little harder if you're not finding any good food in an entire city. Like it exists somewhere. Somebody on TikTok was talking about, I can't even remember who it is. Also, oh, no, I do remember who it is, but I don't care to name them because I don't want to, whatever. But it's a food reviewer who said he couldn't find good food in L.A. I was like, you are really bad at this. If you go to L.A., one of the, you know, food capitals of America, like the, I I mean, probably like the cheap eats capital of America. I hope that's not wrong. I didn't hear, I didn't make that up. I heard it on a Food Network show. So just blame you know Guy Fieri or whoever told me that LA is the cheap eats capital of the world or not of the world of America but you know it's got a lot of like taco trucks a lot of quick things like that if you can't find anything good in LA you're bad at your job i just i think that good food can be found anywhere you know what also let me go ahead and give you this hot take i again i don't want to be weird or come across weird but i have been to italy i've spent you know multiple vacations in italy In Rome, in Milan, in Lake Como, like I've I've done the Italy thing and amazing food. Of course, there's so much good food in Italy. The pasta, the pizza, it's as good as people say. When people say that you cannot find pizza or pasta as good as Italy in the United States, that's just not true to me. I'm so sorry. Like I have had the best pizza of my life in LA and in New York Like better pasta than I had in Italy, I've had in New York. And so when people say, well, no, it's just, it's not the same. Yes, it is. It's better. I think that people, this is my hot take, I guess is what I'm saying. I think that people factor in location way too much when it comes to food. Like even here, I live in Utah. Utah is not a foodie place. Okay. I have had things in Utah, little, little, you know, meals here and there, whatever, that are as good as things that I've had in LA or in New York. Like, I just think you have to like sacrifice your ego a little bit and say, yeah, this thing that I'm eating in West Valley, Utah is as delicious as that thing I had on the beach in L.A. Like, it's just it's possible to find good food anywhere. I believe that I'm a believer that there is good food everywhere. Not to say like I, I send this in my family group chat and I got a lot of backlash for it. One of my brothers was like, well, there's more good food. And of course, there's more good pasta in Italy. OK, I'm just saying if you can't find any good pasta in New York that compares to Italy, that's a you issue. Okay, that was a very random, <laughs> random rant about food. But you know, food and travel, they go, they go hand in hand. So with all of that said, with my, you know, my years of prioritizing travel and the absolute pleasure of being able to see a lot of different countries, I have a very long list of things that I love about travel and things that I hate about travel. I also have a lot of magical moments, a lot of horrible moments, a lot of life hacks, and a lot of please never do these things. But let's get into your stories. I'm sure I will pepper in my opinions and my, what am I trying to say, my experiences in these stories. So let's just get right into these. I was flying back home after visiting family with my three and six-year-olds. We were at our gate during our layover in Denver when my six-year-old says that he needs to go to the bathroom. All three of us are in one stall getting off the toilet and pulling up her pants as I'm pulling. And let's see. And as she's pulling up her pants, I'm pulling out my phone to respond to a text from my husband when the corner of my phone hit her in the head as she's standing up. I start uncontrollably giggling because there's no way I could ever do that again. And the timing was just too perfect. She gets mad. She gets mad that I'm laughing and says, you're the worst mom ever. And all of the people in the bathroom started laughing. I tell her I'm so sorry for laughing and then I have to pee too. So I'm on the toilet when my three-year-old starts to open the stall door mid-pee. So I tell her to shut the door in a more urgent tone. She also starts crying and screams at me that I'm the worst mom for yelling at her. I'm positive many people told their families about that circus, (laughs) about that circus in the bathroom at Denver, at the Denver airport, sorry, at Denver. Traveling with kids. Traveling with kids—I've never done it. Obviously, I do not have children. Uh, but I've traveled with, you know, my brothers and sisters-in-law and nieces and nephews and all of that. You guys are American heroes that travel with kids. I used to be the person, like when I was a teenager, and I'd get on a flight and there would be a baby. I was, of course, the person who had such an attitude about it. Who was like, "Do you really need to be on the plane with a baby? Do you really need to be doing that? I'm here." Are you not being courteous that I'm on a plane? Like now I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe I cared for one second. I could have a baby screaming in my ear for 14 hours and it would still not be as bad as what that parent is going through on that flight. And I'm sure I've said it before, but if there's a baby screaming, the person having the worst time is the parent. And guess what? You get to get off the plane and leave the baby and probably go get a full night's sleep. I mean, unless you also have babies. Like, like anybody who complains about kids on an airplane, you need to get a grip. Like the, the very, very least you can do is offer help. Like if you're not going to offer help, shut the hell up and don't speak because it is probably the hardest thing ever to fly, especially with little babies or little toddlers or like, I don't know, like 18 month olds who can't talk, but they're wiggly, like, and they're moving around like that that it sounds terrible. And I'm proud of all of you who do it. And I'm sorry that you get screamed out that you're the worst mom <laughs> ever. I think about my own mom traveling with us. Like, I mean, I told you guys last week, we did Disney World all the time when I was little. Do you guys know how many children my mom has? Eight. She has eight children. And she would fly usually alone. Like usually she was by herself flying all eight of us. I do remember, I just got to say, my mom was like the best travel mom. And she would always get us like, she'd get us new backpacks for the flight. And she'd put, you know, fill it with treats or whatever. She had it down to a science. Like she would give us all. So on the hour, every hour, if we were flying. So if we were flying from, you know, Utah to Florida, that's, I don't know, four and a half, five hours, maybe. I don't know, maybe a little bit quicker. But let's say it's four hours. Every hour on the hour, we got a little treat. We got just a little, just a little pick me up. It wasn't anything crazy, but it's like we knew that if we made it through that hour, we would get a little a little surprise. She she had DVD players for us. She had like she was so dialed in, but I honestly I don't know how she did it. I can barely pull that off with myself. I barely get my carry-on dialed in, and it is literally just me that I have to do it for. So shout out to the moms who have really mastered traveling with little kids. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by ShipStation. There are a lot of things in life that we cannot automate, such as dishes and laundry and grocery shopping and putting gas in my car, all the things that I really hate to do. But luckily for e-commerce business owners, shipping is no longer one of those manual tasks, thanks to ShipStation. You can save time automating your shipping and returns in the ShipStation dashboard while keeping costs down with industry-leading Discounts. I was a dummy when it came to shipping when I started my business and ShipStation literally took away every ounce of stress and I pushed like four buttons. I'm also about to give you a code for a free trial so you can try it and save money and reduce your stress. Literally, what is there to lose? ShipStation makes it easy to automate shipping tasks for orders from every marketplace in one dashboard. You can integrate everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. And you can manage every order from one simple dashboard. You can print your shipping labels. You can easily compare rates, which, by the way, you can get up to 84% off of USPS and UPS rates. Come on. And you can optimize every shipment and automate delivery notifications. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year become customers for life. So spend more time growing your business when you automate shipping tasks with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use the code BAD today to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code BAD. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Squarespace. I know that so many of you listening are business owners. A lot of you are well into your business journeys. A lot of you are just starting out. Something that is essential for a gorgeous, thriving business is a gorgeous, thriving website. When I first built my website, had no clue what I was doing. I use Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. So again, maybe you're just starting out. Maybe you're in the middle of growing your brand, but Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. All of their features make it super easy to just manage all of your content and make everything look really good. You can upload, organize, and access all of your content from one place. With their new asset library, you're also able to manage all of your files from one central hub and then use them across the Squarespace platform. Maybe you're looking to sell merch. That's how I started out. You can easily sell custom merch and create passive income that engages your audience and scales your brand. It's set up like an online store, like any other online store that you would see. And it feels so professional that's what shocked me about my website is that it looked like I had spent hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars building my website and really it was just that Squarespace made it super easy. I just used one of their templates and customized it to my liking and it was gorgeous. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial and then when you're ready to launch, you can go to squarespace.com slash bad to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash bad. All right, next up. Oh, I lost my lost my notes. Here we go. Buckle up for this one. I was 19 and doing a field study in India. There were 11 of us and our professor from university from our university was there. Okay, I actually this just sparked something and I just I'm gonna pretend that I didn't start the story yet and back up. Because while I feel like I've I've traveled a lot and I've been a lot of places, the majority of the places I've been have been in Europe. Okay. Again, I've been to Australia and I've been to Mexico and I've been around the U.S. Oh, and I've been to Canada. Oh, perfect. I've been to Canada. But the majority of places I've been are in Europe. So I know that there's also a whole other world of travel out there. People who travel around Africa and Asia and like, uh, oh, what's the word? Oceana. Is that how you say it? Oceana. Yeah. Like there's there's so much more out there. So While I feel like I've been lucky and I've traveled a decent amount, I know that a lot of people have traveled much, much more than me into much more exotic places. Sorry, I just want to throw that in there because she's talking about traveling in India, which is not something I'm even remotely familiar with. Okay, here we go. Buckle up for this one. I was 19 and doing a field study in India. Also, you sound very smart. I don't know what a field study is, but it sounds like you have a degree of sorts and are probably a professor. There were 11 of us there and our professor... Okay. So you're not the professor. Anyway, you probably are one by now. And our professor from our university was there with us for the first month. And then he had to leave to go back to the States to teach for the semester. The man they left in charge had no affiliation with the school and was not a great guy, which is a major understatement. So when we would go on our little overnight excursions, instead of booking us the five-star hotels we were promised and had paid for, he pocketed the extra money and put us in motels. Let me paint a picture of a motel there for you. Concrete floor, creaky metal bed frames, Thin little mattresses, hole instead of a toilet, bucket of water for a shower, etc. The first one we went to, I got into bed and had the sensation that bugs were crawling on me. Thinking I was just being paranoid, I lifted the blanket and saw that bugs were indeed crawling on me. My roommate and I nervously took the blankets off and flipped the mattress over to reveal, yep, probably 1,000 little bugs scurrying around on my mattress. Like you could barely see the mattress. So that's the story of how I slept on the concrete floor that night. Oh, you think that's bad? Wait till, wait till you hear the rest of her story. I ended up having to go home early from the field study because a chipmunk somehow crawled into our clean water source and died and no one said anything. So they kept letting us drink dead chipmunk water. I obviously got very sick with parasites and I had to fly home, which was 27 hours of travel while needing to use the bathroom every five minutes. Worst trip ever. Like when I read that last sentence, worst trip ever. I was like, girl, no, you haven't. That's not even that's not even that's not enough. That's the biggest understatement I've ever heard. Like you could do one of those things. One facet of that would be terrible. You could have ended it at there was only a bucket of water for a shower. And that would have been the worst trip ever. And then there were thousands of bugs on your mattress. And then you had to drink dead chipmunk water. I do believe that dead chipmunk water is not a sentence I've ever said on the podcast. I love when I come across a new phrase. I love when I get to put words together. I feel like Theo Vaughn when I, who I saw, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys. Well, I I don't think I had gone last time I recorded, but I did go and see Theo Vaughn. He performed in Springdale, Utah for some reason, which for those of you that are not from here, it is a very random town to perform in. It's like down by Zion National Park. Uh, but yeah, I went and saw him. I don't, I, I think he's probably a little controversial. I had somebody message me and they were like, I knew you secretly liked him. And I got to say that there are several things he says that I do not like at all. And, you know, you just kind of have to, I feel like with a lot of comedians, you just kind of got to pick, not pick and choose, but you got to take the good with the bad. The thing that really turned me off from him is what he said about Brianna chicken fry after she came on his podcast. I, that, oh, I just, I don't like it. So Brianna went on his podcast. They talked about a lot of different things. They talked about like very personal things that she had gone through in her life. And then the next episode he recorded, he's like, oh yeah, I just had Brianna on. And the other guy was like, oh yeah, she's cool. And And Theo was like, yeah, she's got huge fake tits. That was like all he said about her. And I was like, What? What? How is that what you got out of the interview? Like, how is that what she's being reduced to? Like, I mean, and he said a lot of other things that I'm not super, super thrilled about. His show was funny. It had me giggling. Am I a diehard? Probably not. But you know, I think he's, I think he's funny. And every time I say something that I feel like is a sentence that's never been said before, I always think of Theo Vaughn because I genuinely feel like every sentence that comes out of his mouth has not been said by another human being on the face of the planet. So yeah, drinking dead chipmunk water feels like my Theo Vaughn moment. Okay, next story. I left my four-month-old old baby with my parents for my parents, oh, sorry, with my parents for my husband's work trip. The first leg of the flight was delayed and I knew we'd miss our connecting flight and I asked the attendant if she'd make an announcement so we could get off first and run. Nope. I politely asked everyone around me if my husband and I, or I could get off, internally stressing about getting back to my kid. Again, Nope it was more important that they grab their luggage and stand in the aisle. I ran like a track star and still didn't make it. Plane was there but the gate had just closed and they wouldn't let us on. I was polite to the employee. I've been a server and would never be a jerk to customer service employees, but I definitely cried in front of them thanks to those post-baby hormones. We slept on the airport floor. My breast pump had flown on the flight with my luggage, so I laid on the nasty floor with engorged boobs being stressed that I was delayed a day and had to work out childcare and schedules. Again, maybe the only thing traveling with your or the only thing harder than traveling with your children is traveling without your children, because then you got to figure out everything for them at home. So I feel you. And yeah, the rules, like the rules regarding airlines, i here's where I struggle with it because I feel like, of course, the the you know, the employees don't make the rules, of course. However, I feel like they have more power to change the rules than other other what's the word I'm looking for industries. Like, I feel like they do have the power to just hold the door open a little bit longer. Like, they do have the power to not charge you for a bag if it's one pound over. Like, I know they don't make those rules. And of course they have, like, but how much trouble are they going to, how how severe is the punishment for them if they just let those things slide? I did have a submission in here that reminds me, just speaking of like bag weight, I did have a submission that said, will you retell the story of the people getting your stuff for you when you were, when you were traveling. And I know what story you're talking about. I should have known we did this travel story because I told this story. I don't know. Maybe I didn't do it on a travel episode. But yes, I will tell the story of the of the sweetest strangers I ever met. So I believe I was in London trying to think. Yeah, I think I was in London coming home. I think it was a London to New York flight. And I I usually only travel with a carry on and a backpack. And I'll get into how I pull that off. I know a lot of people do it and I'll tell you my little, you know, tricks, but that's usually what I travel with mainly because they don't weigh your, your carry on ever. Like if you just go through security, you just go, you get on the plane, they don't have like, they don't weigh it there. And the weight limit on the flight I took was very low. It was like, it was like 30 pounds or something. Normally it's 50. It was like 30, which my carry on is, was was super heavy, but I was like, whatever, they're not going to weigh it. So, we get to the the gate and the lady at the front says your bag looks heavy she said looks she said it just looks heavy i need to weigh it i was like are you kidding me please don't do this like please 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 it was too late to check a bag my only option it was way overweight also my only option was to throw away things inside like that was it was literally my only option so I go, I I'm full on at this point, like having a panic attack. Like I, while I do love to travel, I'm really, really bad on planes. I have a huge fear of flying. I had to take online courses to learn about plane safety so I could like even start to regularly fly. I still don't like it very much, but I will put up with it. Uh, so anyway, I'm basically having a panic attack. It was uh, looking back. (sighs) It was way too dramatic. Okay. I was really, I was like, really beside myself. I was yelling at the lady. I was scream crying like it. I'm very, very glad that I hopefully will never see any of those people ever again. But I'm throwing everything in my suitcase away. I had to throw away. I threw away like two pairs of I had my two pairs of shoes in there that I brought on the trip. I had to throw those away. I had to throw away my entire makeup bag like I had my really nice leather makeup bag and then all of my toiletries in it. And I had to throw all of that away. I had to throw like four pairs of jeans away. Like anything that had any substantial weight to it, I had to throw it away. Like throw it away. And then, oh, I forgot about this. A lady came up to me and she was like, I just feel like you should be recycling those. And I was like, I'm going to lose my mind if you even look in my direction again. Do you think I want to be doing this? Do you think I want to be throwing away All of my favorite belongings that I brought to Europe with me, like, you're going to berate me about recycling in this moment? Oh, it was just like icing on the cake. So anyway, I throw it away in the trash can. It was horrible. I got on the plane. I literally like this lady to this day. I I feel the lady who made me do it, who worked for the airline, like she didn't have to do that. Like, I feel like and then I'm probably going to get DMs that are like, well, the safety regulations, whatever. What about the safety regulations of my brain? Okay. So I get on the plane. I'm hysterically crying and sweating and more upset than I've ever been. And then you guys down the aisle, I see one lady holding one shoe of mine. She puts it in my lap. The next guy behind her puts another shoe in my lap. The next lady behind her puts a pair of my jeans in my lap. They had all, everybody outside of the gate had taken one of my items out of the trash can and giving it back to me. It makes me want to cry thinking about it. I have never had an experience with strangers like that ever. I don't know if I ever will. It was seriously, it was like the most beautiful display of humanity. After I, I, I mean, I really had been embarrassing myself. Like I, if I had seen me in an airport, I would be like somebody like sedate that woman. And it was just Oh man. It was one of those, like, I hate when people, it's so, it's so millennial. It's so like Reddit millennial, like faith in humanity restored. But that is actually how I felt. <laughs> I did feel that way. It was, oh, it was really just such a, such a moment for me, but yeah, packing in a carry, packing in only a carry on and a backpack. The backpack I use is called, is the base, uh, B-E-I, I I think it's base, the base travel backpack. It's got like a trolley sleeve on the back and it unzips all the way like a suitcase. So you can kind of open it up and pack it like a suitcase. And some of the things I like to do before I just travel in a carry-on, now, now that I'm more careful about shoving things in there, because I'm terrified that they're going to tell me it looks overweight. If you go to, usually if you go to like a salon or a spa, they will have tons of samples, like tons of samples of really nice, like shampoo and hair products. And then like, I, I mean, I would go to like a med spa and get a bunch of samples of like face, of like nice face wash and stuff like that. Uh, first of all, free They They'll usually do it for free. Uh, second of all, tiny. So it fits in a carry on. And then you don't have to waste, like I I used to go buy like the travel size bottles. I still do this sometimes, but uh, then you don't have to like waste out. I feel like I waste so much of my product when I use those because I'm like, okay, perfect. I got a two ounce bottle. I'll put two ounces of face wash in there. You use like four dabs of face wash when you're on a trip. And then like, it's just, it's a waste and I don't like using it. So I'll go get samples. Also, I always will do laundry on trips always, but... I am not afraid of wearing a dirty shirt or two. And what I actually learned is that I, I will wear the same shirt two days in a row rather than like wearing it and then waiting a week. And, and then like, if I'm on a two week trip and I'm like, okay, I'll wear the same outfits for like the first week and the second week. If I don't have time to do laundry or like we just didn't like, it just didn't fit into the schedule or whatever. I will just wear the same thing two days in a row because it feels less gross. (laughs) Gross. It feels less gross, like than waiting a week to wear the dirty shirt that got dirty a week ago. And it's been sitting there gross. You know what I mean? Like, so I started doing that. That really helped a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's every time I just will usually get on Pinterest and be like, you know, seven days in Italy, like what to pack. And it's like one black shirt, one white shirt, one button up, two pairs of jeans, whatever. And yeah, I just, I, I feel like when people, this is how I was like the very first time I traveled. Well, let's see, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I went to Spain. I went to Barcelona and I was like very obsessed with making sure that I had the cutest outfits possible. Nope. Go for comfort, ladies. Do it. Wear leggings, buy some hokas, wear a comfortable t-shirt. Like it's, I, I don't know. I just am the type of person that if I'm in an uncomfortable outfit, the entire day is ruined. I won't enjoy anything. I would rather be just wildly comfortable. So I would just say invest in like really comfortable, basic things. Like a good pair of leggings, a good pair of walking shoes, really comfortable sports bras. Like that's what I would way rather spend my money on. I live for the opportunity to prep for a trip like those few days, those like that week leading up to a big trip is euphoric for me. Like getting everything clean and organized and getting your, you know, your house all settled so that when you leave, you come back and it's clean and getting your carry-on dialed in so that you have everything you're gonna need for an international flight. You have like all oh my gosh. And then I think something that a lot of people forget, you can buy it there. If you forget something, buy it there. When I went to Houston with Kylie a couple months ago, she was like, We were getting out of the car and I was like, Okay, do you have everything? Are you sure you packed everything? She's like you have your ID, like yeah. She's like, you got your credit card, like yeah. She's like, if you forgot, if you forgot it, we'll buy it. That's all you need. You need money and your ID. That's those are the bare minimum things that you need. Unless of course you are going somewhere that doesn't, you know, sell regular things. But like sometimes I'll be packing to go to California and I'll be like, I need to bring Advil, and I am like, oh yeah, there is probably a CVS directly next door to my hotel. So, uh, yeah, those are those are some little things that I do to pack appropriately for trips or efficiently. That's the word I am looking for. Okay. Next terrible story that one of you endured. This was the longest, most unfortunate travel experience of my life, but I'll just give you the highlights. We were flying from Salt Lake to Chicago to London. Our flight to Chicago gets diverted, diverted, diverted because of weather. So we landed in Milwaukee. We're certain we're going to miss our connection, but we end up trying to take an Uber from the Milwaukee airport to the Chicago airport. When I read this, I was like, are they, they even like close to each other? Yeah, apparently they are. Didn't know Milwaukee feels fake. Okay, our first Uber driver picked us up and drove us like five miles and then told us to get out because he didn't want to drive that far. Our second Uber driver, what? Like Uber? Like, are you making money for driving that far? Anyway, the second Uber drove top speed through the blizzard and somehow got us to the Chicago airport on time for our connection. God bless that man. We think our troubles are over and we have easy travel the rest of the way, plus a fun story to tell about the Uber ride. Well, there ended up being bad weather in London, too. The pilot tried landing, but the turbulence got really bad. So he tried from another angle with the same result. He kept trying to land in London during the storm. And we are, let's see, in our airplane seats, just hearing the sound of barfing all around us as literally everybody got motion sick. I eventually threw up, too. We end up, uh, sorry, I'm 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 reading I'm too far ahead before my mouth catches up. We end up diverting to Zurich, and I'll never forget the flight attendants carrying around a giant trash bag down the aisle to collect everyone's barf bags. The trash bag proved not to be enough. It ripped, and it leaked all of the barf of at least 30 different people. Oh, this is actually making me sick of about 30 different people all over the aisle right next to us, maybe the most disgusting experience. We ended up being stuck in Zurich for 13 hours and then boarded a plane, but couldn't take off because it wasn't ready by the time the airport closed. Apparently airports close. Didn't know that. Uh, the trip was fun, but I honestly don't know if it was worth the travel. I still have nightmares about the barf. Also, we got stuck in Texas overnight on the way back. That is horrific in every way. Anybody who get like, I have a sister-in-law who gets really motion sick and Oh, every time I'm just, I, I like hurt for her. Cause that's gotta be, it's also just gotta be wildly inconvenient. And I also want to back up a little bit to the, first, or to the story we just talked about, about asking people if you can go first, because you're going to miss your layover. Why would you ever say no to people who are, who are needing to catch a flight? Like if I'm in security and somebody says, I'm so sorry, I'm about to miss my flight. Can I go ahead of you? And I have ample time. There is absolutely no reason why I would not let that person go ahead of me. Also, people with kids and pregnant women. Again, when I was in Houston with Kylie, she was 30 weeks pregnant, which by the way, she had her baby. I talked about it. I think I said it, maybe it was a Patreon episode. I can't remember. But she was like, oh no, wait, sorry. I can't remember. But she was in labor the last time that I was recording. And now she has a gorgeous little baby girl. So shout out to Kylie. I just, I love them both so much. But she was 30 weeks pregnant when we went to Taylor Swift in Houston. And like, she, I feel like when I'm pregnant, I'm going to use that excuse for everything. I'm going to get to the front of every line. Like I'm going to like, butt people in line all the time, like the bathroom for the, or the line for the bathroom was really long. And I'm like, she's texting me. She's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it It's so long. I'm like, show them the belly, get in front of them. Tell, tell them I'm, I'm a sacred vessel. I have to go first like I'm going to use that shit for everything. And I feel, I mean, she explained it. She's like, it's just like, it's impolite, whatever. I'm like, I don't care. If you're growing a human being, you have carte blanche to do whatever the hell you want. Uh, speaking of Taylor Swift, mm, I'm going again. I'm going again. I'm going to her LA August 7th show, which is the new show that she added. And in my heart and on TikTok, I feel like it's going to be a folklore night? I feel like we're going to maybe get two folklore. I don't know. Actually, I don't know because the folklore section of the era's tour is very long. But I mean, August 7, I mean, come on, there's got to be some folklore happening that night, right? Why would she add it? I don't know. But I just, I needed to be there for the extra show. I think the LA shows are going to be absolutely crazy. And I did get a lot of messages that were asking me how I got tickets. There are usually tickets available on StubHub. They're just stupid expensive. I'm humiliated for what I paid for the seat I got. Like I genuinely I do think I am on the very back row. Like I would not be surprised if I was the furthest seat away. I am in front of the stage. I didn't get like the obstructed view ones. And yeah, they were it is very expensive. And a lot of you guys were worried about me getting scammed by StubHub. They are already in my ticket master. So I, I'm confident that the tickets are real and I'm very excited. I will I will bring you guys along with me, of course. I'm going by myself. I booked a trip alone to LA. I'm going to go to Dear Media. I'm going to work on some things there, hang out with some other Dear Media hosts. And then I was like, conveniently, Taylor Swift will be in town. So it's going to be a fun little solo trip. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Dipsy. Picture this. You're hanging out in your favorite spot. Maybe that's at the beach. Maybe that's in the mountains. You've got your noise-canceling headphones on, and the world around you is just fading away because you're listening to dipsy stories. You're immersed in a vivid world where every touch, every breath, every stolen glance is felt with breathtaking intensity. Come on. Does that not sound, pun intended, by the way, does that not sound like all of our fantasies. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. So you can discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And you can now listen to spicy audios by your favorite TikTok creators. They're attentive to your every need. They prioritize your pleasure and they have voices that will make you melt. The voice makes all the difference, let me tell you. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories for you to read. So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of The Bad Broadcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com bad. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com bad. One more time com slash bad. Next story. My husband and I were on our way on our way back from Hawaii on a red eye. I had to go to the bathroom when we boarded, but I was pregnant. So this feeling was basically 24 seven. I figured I'd wait until we were in the air to go instead. When we got in the air, the captain announced there would be turbulence. And so the fastened seatbelt sign would likely stay on. At this point, I really needed to pee. So I got up from my seat to hurry back and the flight attendant told me I couldn't. Like lady, do you see the belly? Come on, utilize that. Okay. She goes on being the rule follower that I am. I sat back down and was panicking because we were only 30 minutes into this six hour flight and I didn't want to pee my pants. By some miracle, everyone in the seats around me were asleep. So I had my husband shield me with a blanket fully pulled down my pants, scooted to the edge of the seat, and I peed in a barf bag. I can't believe I pulled it off without making a mess or getting caught. It was something no pregnant woman should ever have to go through. And I still get PTSD if I board a plane and have to go never again. Like flight attendants, first of all, (laughs) actually, before I complain about anything that a flight attendant has done, I feel like flight attendants deal with the most ridiculous behavior. I don't know how many flight attendants are listening. If we have enough to do a full flight attendant episode, I would love to do that because for some reason, everybody forgets how to be a human when they travel. And this is a common observation that I've seen a lot of people make, but like what's going on humans on planes. I mean, I really can't believe there are are certain things that people do on planes that like are so talked about that I can't believe they still do it. Like taking off your shoes and socks. Like we all know, like everyone should know that is a very, very huge, absolutely not. Like you don't need to be barefoot on a plane. You don't need to clip your fingernails on a plane. You don't need to bring stinky food on a plane. Don't bring fish. Don't bring sushi. Don't bring hot food with hot food air wafting through the plane. Like just be a a normal human being. I know that the opportunity to travel is such a privilege. And I know that everybody who gets to travel is very, very lucky, especially if you get to travel for fun. But generally, the experience of like sitting on a plane is, is not luxurious. If you're in coach, like I think I've flown first class like twice in my life. If you're flying coach, you're basically on a bus. I mean, it's basically just a bus and you should have bus behavior. If you were traveling on a city bus, you would never take your shoes and socks off. You would never bring a tuna melt on a bus with you. Like just accept that just because you're lucky to be traveling doesn't mean it's a great experience through and through. I, I just, I, I am still, still shocked. So yeah, if there are uh flight attendants out there who want to do a full flight attendant episode again, just, just let me know. But also if you're a flight attendant, let the pregnant lady pee. As I'm saying this, I'm going to get safety regulation DMs again. So just ignore everything I've ever said. Okay. Next one. My ex had like, oh, well, my ex had just half broken up with me and I was devastated and very confused about our relationship My family was going on vacation that next week and somehow my ex had gotten plane tickets to be in that exact same place as us and was basically doing our same vacation with another girl he had met the last time he was traveling there. He and I talked on the phone throughout the trip and we were still technically dating apparently, but I had to watch as he was posting pictures of the same exact towns and locations. My family had been hours earlier with a very pretty girl he was traveling with one-on-one girl. I hate to be the one to say it, but that is not your boyfriend that was her boyfriend and he was sneaking off to talk to you because he had a girlfriend. Uh, let's see. They also slept in her car together at least one of the nights, which made me even more confused. He said the two of them were just friends, but it was so messed up for him to half break up with me, leave me confused about our relationship status, and then go to the exact same places I was going with my family with a different girl. The girl obviously liked him and she definitely fit the vibe of girls. My ex had dated in the past. I was so sad the entire trip because he never once tried to meet up anywhere and it was just so bizarre that he was there at the same time with this random girl. The whole way this story is told is like way too casual. Like this situation is actually insane. Like to be like, yeah, my boyfriend like kind of broke up with me and so I went on a trip and he was there on a trip with another girl. Like that's insane. Like you're saying it like you ran into him at the store with another girl. No, like the fact that he was posting photos and videos with another girl on a different vacation in the same city that you were in while you believed you two were together is, is sociopath behavior. But yeah, after reading it and, you know, processing it a little bit, I do think that she was his girlfriend and you were maybe not. I'm so sorry. I mean, it sounds like he's your ex. So who cares? We hate him. Okay. Next one. She says, I absolutely win this topic. You bitches don't stand a chance. Also, what a way. Like, there are certain things. I think, I think I've think i been asked this before. Like, what are things I look for in stories that get chosen? First of all, that's for me to know and for you to never know. Uh, but starting it off with a zesty first line is a guaranteed way to to make sure I read it. Something that a lot of people do that actually like it kind of makes me dread reading the story. They started off with this one's really long, but really good. It's like, don't acknowledge how long it is because I already don't like reading. You guys know this. So don't tell me how much I'm about to read. Just say, hey, bitch, this is going to be better than anything you've ever read. And then I'm going to be enthralled from start to finish. Just, you know, own it. Your, your story is great. Don't make it sound like a drag because then I believe you. Okay. She says, you bitches don't stand a chance. I went on a two week trip to France with my best friends earlier this year. I'd been having an exceptionally difficult time with my mental health. So I was excited to go within a day or two of arriving in Paris. I started experiencing some discomfort in my armpits. PSA. This is only going to get more uncomfortable. They were a bit itchy and red. So we assumed I was chafing and got some aquaphor, which I applied multiple times a day. That feels okay. I've just got to say, I actually have not read this one all the way through. I literally read the first line and I picked it. It doesn't feel like aquaphor is the thing to put on chafing. I, I don't know if I'm correct here, but it feels like at least I, maybe I'm thinking of a sunburn, not chafing. Anyway, we'll see how this goes, which I applied multiple times a day. Oh, here we go. Except it did not help because I was not chafing. What I actually had was a fungal infection in both of my armpits. Do you know the one thing you're not supposed to do for infu- a fungal infection? Moisturize it. I was feverish, unbelievably swollen, smelly, covered in pustules and unbearably itchy. I nearly passed out at one point while taking a shower and my friend had to haul me to bed naked and spoon feed me breakfast. I thought I was going to say and spoon me. Uh, I've never been more disgusted with myself in my entire life. Ridiculously uncomfortable. Oh, I was sorry. I skipped a line. Thankfully, a very nice pharmacist got me some medication, but I missed out on multiple days of our trip was ridiculously uncomfortable. And my friends still make fun of me for standing with my hands on my hips for the entirety of our time to avoid my skin coming into contact with itself. It took weeks to recover, but I'm still not over it. Were you allergic to your deodorant? I got to know what caused it. I I must know. But yeah, little things like that. Okay, I remember when I was in D.C. I was It was actually on the 4th of July. I was there in, in D.C. It was like supposed to be the best night of my entire life. I had a zit in my ear. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to forget this because I should be having so much fun and I'm in pain. And guess what? Like eight years later, here I am. It was the worst 4th of July ever because I had a huge zit like in the deep canal of my ear, like an underground, really painful, throbbing zit. So yeah, it does ruin trips. And I try to have, I, I have probably an abnormally good attitude when traveling because I'm happy to be there. I'm trying to vibe, trying to keep the energy up. But I will say being in pain, like I can't good attitude my way through that. So I don't blame you. If, if you were to say it ruined the entire trip, I would not blame you because here I am telling you that an entire day, an entire holiday, in our nation's capital, was one of the worst days of my life because of pain. Okay, next one. My worst travel experience started with me making a fake funeral announcement to get out of my final exams and travel to Italy. Slay. It ended with me needing surgery and Air France losing my luggage. Yes, there's a lot to this story, but I'll try to keep it brief. My sister and her husband both served their LDS missions in Rome. Like any other younger sister would do, I threw a fit when my parents said they were planning a trip to go back with my sister and her husband to visit the city without me. A couple arguments later, and my ticket was booked. The only problem was they were going during my college's final exam week. Naturally, I made up an excuse to get out of my test because there was a family matter to tend to in Italy. (laughs) Family matter, Ike vacay. When my professor asked for proof, I scrambled and pick collaged a fake funeral announcement. Off we were to Italy, and after I missed a flight and a six-hour delay, we made it to Rome. After everything I did... To make it on the trip, I ended up getting a sinus infection from the altitude changes. Note to self, never fly congested. It got so bad that mucus was coming out of my eyes. The Italian pharmacist refused to give me antibiotics and insisted tea and nasal, nasal sprays would heal me. I landed back in the States and booked booked immediately to see my ENT who said I needed sinus surgery to fix what the infection had done to the tissue in my nose and clean out the staph infection that had formed. Also, Air France owes me $1,200 in lost luggage costs and French people have zero customer service capabilities. So there's that too. That seems, that seems like a big assumption. I mean, we don't know all French people feel that way. Probably some very friendly French customer service people out there. All the love to you in the pod. Love to see you thriving first of all, foreign pharmacies, the majority of them, you get some good shit there that you can't get in America. But yeah, the thing with lost luggage. Okay. I've never had, I've never had like lost, lost, lost luggage. That's one of the reasons why I fly with a carry on because like, you got to play close, close to the vest. My parents, however, one time they went to Paris and they were, they were doing the same thing. They were picking up one of my brothers from his LDS mission who was in Portugal, but they went and they did like two weeks in Paris before, and then they went to Portugal. And my parents had like, they brought two extra suitcases to fill with like stuff for us. And one of the literally one whole suitcase was stuff that my mom had gotten for me. It was a bunch of clothes. It was perfumes, beauty stuff, all from Paris. I was probably like 12 or 13 at the time. So it was literally the coolest thing that had ever happened to me. The bags Got sent to, they were supposed to come to SLC. They were put in the system as SCL, which is Santiago, Chile. So that shit went to Chile. And about six months later, we got the bag back. They, they arrived literally on our doorstep, I'm pretty sure. And guess what? I opened that bag, nothing fit because I had gotten too big after six months. I was, a, I was a growing gal and none of it fit. And that's how I made my parents' issue all about me. Thank you. If you'd like to do the same, let me know. I can help you. Anyway, (laughs) traveling really is, it really is like one of the best parts of life. But there are so many little annoyances, so many things that can go wrong, so many idiots, so many idiots are allowed on planes these days, probably including some of us. I'm sure that I have been a bad neighbor on a seat. I'm sure I've been a bad middle seat companion. But I will say so an overarching rule that I've learned with travel is that you should spend money to save time, not spend time to save money. Like there've been a lot of times where I've been like, you know what? An overnight layover isn't that bad. I'll just do the overnight layover. You know, it saves me $175. I'll do it. I'll do the bad flight just for the, the money saving. First of all, what do you think you're going to do with that overnight layover? Probably going to buy food at the airport. Do you want to know how much a sandwich costs at the airport? That's right. 175 $175. So what was it? Was it even worth it? I just feel like the quicker you can get somewhere, the better. So if you can swing it and you can get a quicker flight or a more direct flight or whatever it is, I feel like that rule in and of itself has saved me so much stress. Or like, is it a little bit more to pay for a faster transportation service, like a taxi? Like, I feel like when I go to New York, I'm like, okay, I know I can take the LIRR. I can take it all the way into Manhattan or whatever. I can take it to Long Island, then whatever the system is there. Or like, can I take a taxi and get there way faster and spend a little bit more money? Like it's just, it's, that's a a good rule of thumb when traveling. Again, if you can swing it, I don't mean to come from a place of like, well, just spend the money. Because obviously I know that's not always an option or put it on a credit card like I did. And you can still pay it off eight years later. (laughs) All right. That is the end of our stories today. Uh, Again, merch will be out next week. I promise I'm not lying this time at least i'm like 80% sure i'm not lying you can join the patreon for bonus content two extra episodes a month and what else subscribe rate review follow me on instagram dm me follow me on threads i don't know how i forgot to talk about threads but yeah i got to say it's letting me down so far i like it somebody messaged me like are we getting it are we not like yeah i'm on it and i like it but i don't like how the feed is not following i don't like how they they're trying to make it like a for you page you know I think that a lot of people need to know that just because you're good at Instagram doesn't mean you're good at threads. Okay. Good at pictures does not mean good at words. And so a lot of like the suggested feeds or like the suggested posts that I'm getting on threads are like influencers and, you know, photo people and basically their only thoughts that they have are happy Tuesday. Love it. What are you guys up to today? Like, I don't want to see that. I want to hear funny almost cancelable things on, on threads, on Twitter, whatever. Anyway, I'll stick with it. See if it gets funnier or see if we're stuck in the abyss of the, you know, horrible and recycled memes that I keep saying. All right. That's all I've got for you guys today. Love you so much. See you next week. Bye.